Hello, everybody. My name is Lon Strohschein, former public company executive turned lifestyle engineer. One year ago, I left my job as a public company executive, and I left without a resume, without another job, without a Rolodex of clients. But I left anyway. I left believing that the best years of my life were in front of me and knowing that they weren't going to be found where I was standing. I left and my mission has become to inspire the lives of a thousand dudes, to inspire the dude I used to be, to go do the things they want to do. My job here is to give you courage to finally act. And it's to remind you that dude, at this stage in life, nobody shows up to do it for you, but I'm here and I'll travel that highway with you. Thanks for being here. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you along the normal 40 highway. Well, this this is a, a live um, after hours ramble here between Lon and Adam. Uh, nice to meet you, by the way. If we haven't met before, we are the Norma Forty Podcast guys, and we're, you know, Lon and I were having a conversation. Right, we're about to record an episode. We have not recorded it yet, but this is what happens, and this is behind the scenes of Norma Forty. We turn these things on, we start talking to each other, and we're trying to figure out, you know, some different topics or what we're talking about, and we've gotten stuck on a topic. And Lon just said, "Damn it, Adam, hit the record button. <laughs> let's just let's just share this with the world." So here's the insight. Um, Lon and I are thinking to ourselves about how we grow this podcast, right? We are 26 episodes in. That's half a year if you're doing the math, right? So we think about we have a, another whole half of a year of podcast episodes to go. And it's always good to do a look back. How are we doing? Does, does the show match what we want it to be? And, and Lon came up with a really fun challenge this afternoon. And his challenge to me was, is our name the right name? Obviously, Normal 40 is the brand. That's what you're used to. But if you're if you're not a Normal 40 follower, how do you find us? Because you're not going to search Normal 40. So what are the words that you use? Or what are the thoughts that you use to find us? And I'm about to ask Alana a question that I was going to ask pre-record, but we hit the record button. So now he's going he's gonna to experience it live with me right here. And we're trying to think out what, what are the things that you would search for? So Alana, when you talk to people, and they kind of hit you up with a free ramble and you're having a good conversation, by the way, which by, if you haven't done a free ramble with Lon, you absolutely should do that because it's a it's a really eye opening experience. I had a I had a conversation along with a friend of yours. I'll, I'll share with you in a little bit. Um, we were talking about you yesterday or two days ago, rather. But um, what are the things that people tell you? Is it a hey, man, I hate my current job and I get to get out of here. Is it B? I don't mind my job so much, but like, I don't know, man, I feel like there's something else. Or is it C, hey, my job is fine, but I am not fulfilled. I need to move on. What do you normally hear from people when they first interact with you, when they first say, hey, I'm in this little space of life here? What do you normally see as the impetus for that? Is it their current job sucks or is it they're more interested about something else than their current job? I would say that 90% of the people I talk to do not hate their current job. And that's too high. I would say 70% don't hate it, um, but they've gotten good at it and they've learned to tolerate it and they've become known for doing that job. They've got the title, they've got the office, they've, they're, they're established in a position. So they don't hate that, but they hate what it's preventing them from doing next. They hate mm. that they feel stuck and controlled and pigeonholed, uh, pigeonholed, pigeon whatever the word is, but they, they, they feel like they, they don't have any choice to move on to do something else because they're the provider. They've got uh, they've, their lifestyle matches their income. So to trade, you know, 
in their mind thinks that there's going to be this, this step down in income and that's going to throw the whole family into a tailspin. So what, what they really have is this real frustration for the fact that they're in this position to have exactly what they want, exactly what they set out to get, and yet be so unfulfilled by it and so um, incapable of knowing how to go about trading it that they, they just call up and want to vent on, hey, what do I do next? How do I get clarity on what it is I would trade it for? What's this process look like? How long does it take? And most of them are, are I will trade what I've got. Everybody who shows up is at the point of, I'll trade what I've got. The problem is, I don't know what I'm going to trade it for. Can you help me? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you think about how, how are people going to find you? Then? What, what are the words? You, you said something that's interesting. You said the word unstuck or you said stuck. I, I took the other, the other version of it. Unstuck, right? You know, fulfillment, chasing, um, you know, getting to the, 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 next, the next page. I mean, I think those are the words. Those are the feelings that people are thinking about. So when you think about normal 40 and sort of the overarching theme, is it about finding? Well, I guess it's not because they know that there's an inspiration to do more right so is it helping them unlock what that more is helping them realize it's okay to want that more helping them realize that you're not alone if you're not fulfilled in where you are like what are the what are the themes between those that, that you think most resonate with the people you talk to yeah most most people when they find me are astonished that there's other people who feel that way and they, they just had no idea because it's a it's a it's a topic um, successful people don't talk about because they are successful and they shouldn't feel unfulfilled. They shouldn't feel like they want to do something else. They shouldn't, you know, these are things that they tell themselves. And when everybody in that demographic tells themselves that, well, then nobody talks about it. So then I show up uh, or we show up at them in this podcast and they, they get a glimpse of it and like, wait a minute, you mean there's, there's people, there's a, there's a, category of people who are all these things that I would never thought I would be uh, like, I want something else. I'm not fulfilled. All the things that I've thought were a weakness in other people that it's, are starting to creep in on me. You mean there's a, there's a community of high performers who are going through this. Thank you. How do I, how do I get in? How do I connect? And, and how can I deal with this? And so those are, those are the people who, who find me first. Oh, there's a community. This is normal. Hence the name of the entire company is normal 40. Um, and so um, that's, that's the first thing is, okay, this is a, this is a community. Um, and then the words that they feel, I mean, I think we've talked about this, Adam, I'm staring at something I've created and it's, it's a matrix of the words that people say. I asked the question in a ramble, spoiler alert. I'm going to ask you when we talk, Hey, what, tell me what you're feeling right now, man. And here's the words I get. I get, um, I get autopilot. Hey, I'm, I'm just going through the motions. Everything's on autopilot. That's not bad. I'm doing good work. I'm getting my job done. I'm on time. I'm still a high performer, but I'm on autopilot. It's just not exciting. I feel frustrated, frustrated that I have what I wanted and now I don't want it anymore. That's super frustrating and I can't talk to anyone. I feel controlled. I feel like, I feel like somebody's telling me what to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know quarter incomes. I know my, what my obligation is. I know what my targets are, and, but yet they're not mine. I don't really have control over, over what I should have control in in my life. And that's super frustrating. Um, they, they feel, um, unhappy. I'm just going to go around there. They feel lost. They've got this, this feeling of guilt for having so much, but yet not, not really, it's not really driving the happiness that it's supposed to. So it's really guilty feeling about God dang it. Why can't I just be happy? 
Um, they feel kind of bored. They're annoyed. They feel caged, uh, alone. They feel discontented. Um, that's a word I hear a lot. I feel just absolutely, I just feel discontent. I know I want something else. I, and I feel content on one hand, which is frustrating. And I feel discontent because I'm not doing something else on the other hand. And this, this fight is going on and I don't know what to do about it. They feel like they're aging there for the first time in their life. You know, their kids are moving out of their house. Their parents are getting older. They feel older. They're angry, stale, lost, stuck, lifeless. And here's the biggest one. They feel like they've got something to lose. I can't do something else. I got too much to lose. I can't start my own company. Look at everything I've got. I got too much to lose. And so those are the things people feel. Um, and I, I, I think that there's a way we can take those feelings and put it into a title so that when you're scrolling by, obviously if you're listening now or you've seen, seen us on LinkedIn, you're like, you see normal 40 and you get it, you know, you know, when it's talking to you, but if you just see the word normal 40, you don't know really what it is yet. So I want to marry that up. We should marry that up with, um, with some of these other words. Yeah. I look at it this way. Like you and I were talking about, if you, you know, if, if you are, uh, you know, you're going to your nine to five and you, you know, to your point, you're okay. Like whatever, like you went to work today and it was fine. And you know, Mr. McGillicuddy was, he's a good guy. You don't mind working for him and you know, it works okay. You get home though. And your wife's like, let's go do it. No, I don't want to. I'm just going to kind of chill on the couch and you know, I'm going to watch the game. And I don't know. I don't, you know, if you're in that path and the next morning you get up and you say, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a nice brisk walk to clear my mind. And you know what? I love a good podcast. I wonder if there's something I can listen to, right? What are you typing into your podcast player that is going to bring you a search result that is the normal 40? What are the words people use, right? Is it second career? Is it, you know, self-help? Is it, um, you know, job change? Is it, you know, how to how to find fulfillment and happiness? What are those words that, that you type in? I think that's where, you know, I think of this from from a, uh, an SEO perspective. For those who maybe don't know, that's search engine optimization. That's a, a trick of advertisers and marketing, right? Like when you type in keywords, what comes up for you, and 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 how do you become like part of the you know part of the, the top searches, right? So what are those SEO words that you type in? And it's funny you you said something. I wrote this down. I'm just workshopping the live on air here, so everybody, please forgive me. Um, breaking the motions to find the real you. It's a little wordy. A little too many words there, but you know, I think there's something about somebody wants to break out of or break away from where they feel right now, and obviously that feeling for them isn't one of positivity, right? They, the just the 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 adjective or the verb, I guess I don't I don't know English very well. The verb of breaking, right? Of of freeing yourself of something, right? So you want to free yourself, but you want to know what you're what you're going to, right? And I feel like there's something in, in that action. You had some uh, some initial uh, you know, words and that we were we were kicking around. I want to share with the audience. We talked about using the phrase on top, right? Getting on top, leaving on top, staying on top. You know, um, and and I think we had a really good dialogue about you know. While, while there's some positivity there, that, that's not the normal 40 crowd. Because you know what? If you're listening to this, you have that sinking suspicion. Maybe it's 1%. Maybe it's a 99%. It depends on you. You have that suspicion that you're not on top, that there's more for you out there. You may have gotten to the top of what you're allowed to get to the top of, right? You may be the, the, the CEO of your company, right? You may be the, you know, the vice president of your department. You're at the top of what you've always thought was the top of your professional life. But you keep looking up in the sky and you're like, man, there's more up there, isn't there? There's, there's another mountain over there. There's, there's another climb to be had. So I don't know that normal 40 people have, are on top, Lon. Like, I think they're, they're on top of what society tells them they should be on top. But they have that guttural feeling that says, no, man, I'm actually, 
I'm furthest from the top. I feel like I'm at the bottom right now, right? So I feel like on top doesn't always describe the folks who are looking and, and who are finding our content and who are um, who are energized by it. No, I think I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, the, the whole that was one I threw out, you know, leaving on top. And the, the premise is, of course, usually the people who are listening, our listeners tend to be doing pretty well. Uh, that's yeah. just that's just. And so um, it's kind of a permission statement. You know, it's normal 40 um, leaving on top in, in, in meaning where you are is probably the highest you've been in your professional career. So it is the top of where you've been. And the point is, you can st- you can leave, but I think you're right. I think you know when we talk about if we're going to boil down, if we're going to boil down normal forty into three or four words that we're going to slap across the top of this bro- uh, not just this broadcast, but our podcast. You know what are those? What are those three or four words? And while you know leaving on top probably probably isn't isn't the right three words. I want to I want to uh, take a play out of the Adam Eaton playbook and. Repeat something back to to you that that you said. I mean, you're saying what are those words that you use? Um, and you know, breaking. You're talking about breaking, breaking through, and and breaking out. And um, the word what what I kept coming what I kept coming back to what I a drill I go through with my clients. And sometimes we do it on a ramble, but it takes a long time. So sometimes we just don't have time to do it on a 45 minute or an hour, hour ramble. But with all of my clients, at some point, I do this pattern recognition. What is this pattern? So if they're if they're going through something, um, I've got a client right now who, for example, um, goes through a pattern with a sibling, goes through a pattern with a sibling who um, who their business partners. There's great respect. There's great love. There isn't animosity. One's just ahead of the other on the normal 40 curve. And because he's a little bit older, he's a little more established. He's he's all these places. And so he gets to this place where he forces the awkward conversation wonderfully, brilliantly, and succinctly, and articulately. They make a little progress. Eventually, the sibling, after a week or two, decides, nah, I just, I'm not ready for that. And there's, it relents. And then months go by. And then my client is like, I'm frustrated. I got to go do this again. So there's a pattern. And I think, I think there's a pattern. There's a pattern to, you know, breaking out, breaking the mold, breaking through all the, all the things you talked about. And it's, it's, where do you interrupt that pattern? And, and I think the average pattern for the average person who listens to this podcast and says, God damn it, I hope I do something someday. I hope I do mm-hmm. is this, um, they get up Saturday morning feeling really damn good. They're probably following their kids around running around, uh, every Saturday, uh, they have a cup of coffee they enjoy. Maybe they go get a cup of coffee. Maybe they make a cup of coffee. They do something they really, really enjoy for the first hour and a half or two hours in the morning. Then they're following kids around. They're doing kids events, kids activities. And they do that for a good chunk of the day. Then in the afternoon, it's all the stuff you do as a, a domesticated adult. You're running to Home Depot. You're you're uh, power washing the deck. You're, you're doing just the stuff that needs to be done. You're mowing the yard. And then the evening comes along and maybe you go out. Maybe you go out as a family. Maybe you go out with your wife. You go to bed that night. You get up, maybe you go to church, but you kind of repeat it and you're having a good day until about four o'clock and then something unexplainable starts to happen and anxiety starts to set in. Call it what you want. I call it the Sunday pit, but fact of the matter is it's anxiety. That's it. Mm-hmm. Black and white anxiety. You certainly feel anxious. You're not feeling as good as you were an hour before and an hour from now, you're going to feel a lot shittier than you do now. And you know, it's coming and you can't, you don't know why really you haven't named it really, but you go through it. So you get to Sunday night, you're not, you kind of, your mood's already setting in. You just kind of want to get to bed. You're 
already starting to think through the emails and the shit you got to do on Monday. You get up on Monday morning and you go through the motions, you drive to work and you, you know, you live your week, your Monday's one way, your Tuesday's when Wednesday's starting to get a little bit better. Thursday, you can see the light Friday comes along by Friday afternoon. You're already thinking about cutting out early. You're in a pretty jolly mood. Uh, you're like, Hey, this is a good enough week. I'm out of here. You get to Friday night and then Saturday comes again. And, and that's the pattern in every yep. week you live that same pattern. And, you know, I think, I think if you can bust in at some point, and I think you bust in on a, on a Sunday and you bust in and say, where are you, at what point are you going to quit tolerating this? And when are you going to get serious about really identifying what are those things on Sunday that's starting this pit? Not just that they're there, not just that you feel them, name them. What, what, what are they? Is it a person? What about that person? Is it something they say? Is it something they do? Is it something they want? Is it something you haven't done? Is it something you know they want that you haven't done? You know, just all of those things. And to really wrestle with that, um, I think is how the hell did I get off on this tangent is, is really where I want to ask this question. <laughs> but, but, so was, I was going all the way through the pattern, pattern yeah, recognition, no. and I'm going back to the interrupted pattern as potentially yeah. the words we use. So what's, what's interesting is that um, uh, at the risk of giving away what I assume was a multi-billion dollar idea, Lon, um, I'm always thinking about new podcasts to start. I've been doing this for the last couple of years, right? And, and you know, it's kind of an offshoot of normal 40 in some respects. I, you know, how many have I really started off, off the millions I've wrote on paper? But I've always had one I've wanted to start, at least the concept of it. I have no idea what the show is meant to be. And you just said it. Um, and so I'm going to give you this title for free. All right. All if we right. love it, we can use it. If not, please don't steal it from me. I'm if somebody give else. You every nickel we make on this okay. episode, it's all okay. dedicated to you. Perfect. I, in fact, I'll give you every nickel we've made on every episode. I like this negotiation. Let's say, say more things like that. All right. So here it is Normal 40. Because Monday doesn't have to be this bad. I've always wanted to start a show about Monday. So you you mentioned Sundays, right? And and that's a that's a great point because I'm certainly fallen to the Sunday scaries at, at times too. But you, you know, I, I'd bring my lovely wife. She's in the other room. I could bring her in here right now, and she would tell you, Lon, nothing is worse for me than Monday morning. Monday morning around 7 a.m. I've woken out of bed and I've got the work week in front of me and nothing is worse than that Monday. I dread that Monday. I do not like that Monday. And it happens pretty much every week. Right. And I think a lot of people out there are in that same boat and and every week, you know, my wife goes, well, here we go Monday again. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's back. And, you know, she, she, why? What's the problem with Monday? I don't understand Monday. Explain to me. And here it is for I'll give you my own. This is my own personal perspective on it. Every Monday morning. I lament all the things I have not yet done that have brought me back to the Monday morning. Why didn't I start X? Why didn't I do this? Why haven't I got here? Why is this not going well? Right. And I always wake up Monday morning at the realization that like I did nothing and I'm right back where I was. Like I, I lived that cycle, right? You know, Friday, I'm like, whew, workday's done. I can't, let's go, let's go have some fun, kids. Let's go get some pizza, right? Let's go have a good time. And Saturday, the game is on and we're going to go to the pool and we're going to be at the beach and, you know, I'm going to come home. I got to, you know, build that chair for my new office and it's going to be great, right? And then Sunday comes around and you're like, okay, well, you know, it's all right, well, early. We're going to go do some fun. You know, we'll go, I've got to get to get some shopping in. And then around six o'clock, you're like, I got that meeting tomorrow with finance and, Man, I forgot I got that report due on Tuesday. I don't even started that. And man, I gotta I gotta call the guy on my team and talk a little bit about that. And then it it already happens. And then Monday comes around and I lament all the things I haven't done. So my loose form of a title for you would be something around normal 40, you know, because Monday doesn't have to suck. 
right? Or, you know, Norma 40, you know, the last Monday you ever have to face, whatever the phrasing. And I think to me, there's something there at that day of the week. Again, is it the best SEO style title? Eh, maybe not. But that, that encapsulates it for me when you, when you talk about sort of the process and, and breaking the cycle. Yeah. Um, man, I got a lot of places I want to go with that. So Monday doesn't suck anymore. Yeah. Because you know, Monday doesn't have to suck. Monday doesn't have to suck. Monday doesn't suck anymore. Um, but look, I, I, uh, I think we can make an entire podcast out of this. I mean, this, that wasn't the intent when we got on and we've got, we've got a topic we are going to ramble on, but you know, the, the Sunday pit or the Monday morning pit, it's the same thing. It just starts yeah. a little bit earlier. Um, for, for me, mine was Sunday for sure. Uh, rather than Monday, by the time Monday morning came along, I'd already found my gear of just suck it up and go. So Sunday night was worse because it was still Sunday. It was my weekend. It was still the time when I was supposed to be recovering and I'm sending emails and worrying about texts, but from, but I, I agree totally with what you're, how, what you're describing as to why it's there. And it's all the stuff, all the shit that you know somebody is expecting from you um, that maybe you don't have done. Maybe you haven't started. Maybe you're worrying that it's enough. Maybe, and, and, and it's the anxiety of knowing that there's going to be all of these pressures and needs and judgment and people coming at you um, to provide things that just really aren't all that satisfying anymore. And I, for me, you know, um, when you're climbing and growing and scratching, so in your 20s and 30s, stereotypically speaking, and you're willing to do all that stuff because that's what you have to do to get to what's next. And, and that's, what you, that's what motivates you. It's not there as much. Um, but when you're, when you're more established, my opinion, when you've been there, you've done that, you're more mature, and all these things that you're just not so sure what the value is anymore uh, and what the, what's really helping and why why you need to, you know, it's all those, all those little tidbits that I think add to that. Why am I, why am I putting up with this? Why am I still, why am I choosing to tolerate this, to start feeling like this on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday morning, rather than figuring out how to get rid of it? It's so funny because, you know, to me, this is an interesting conundrum that, that I think I, I'll just speak for myself again. I think I personally face, right. You know, you talk about, okay, what are the things that are on your plate this week? All right, I've got that meeting. I've got that thing I got to get done, that presentation from my boss. We got that big sales call, whatever the things are, right? And you start worrying about those Sunday to Monday, right? And you know they're coming up in the week. And, and most people are worrying about it because to your point, you know, it's something that's got to get done. And there's a healthy element, I think, and I'll again speak for myself, of fear, right? Like I've, I've always been successful, so I've got to knock this out of the park. And I've got to be successful in this. And there's the fear of being like, if I don't do it, what's going to happen to me? And for me, sometimes I say to myself, well, if I don't do this, Lon, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in big trouble at work. I'm going to get called in the office. The boss is going to wag the finger at me. Like, I'm going to be in trouble. And it's almost like an interesting you know, conundrum because it's like, in some respects, you have a fear of not being successful and maybe losing your job, right? And, and being told, hey, you sir, madam, are not good enough anymore to be at our organization. We're going to ask you to, to, to leave, right? So the fear of getting in trouble, not being any good. But the, then you also have the fear of really not wanting to be there and wanting something different. So you're fearing like two different things. They're both fear, but yet the way they, they manifest themselves in you is interesting. And the way you think about it is interesting. In one respect, you say, well, 
you know, if you're on, you, you want something more, you, you know, why fear on this side? Right. But I think some people literally have two different fears about the same thing. Right. So it's almost like being afraid of heights and being afraid of drowning at the same time. Right. It's basically pick your poison fear. And it's such a weird conundrum the way that works out, because a lot of times your fear is your fear. I have fear of snakes. I have a fear of heights. I have a fear of crocodiles, whatever that is. Right. Uh, but this it's like the same thing two different fears though. And depending on where you are the week and how you're wired, each of those fears are tugging at you. And I think it's, it's, it's almost, it almost feels like you can't escape it because either you're, you're afraid to go, or you're afraid to stay. Right. And in which one, you know, which one is worse. Right. And that's such a weird mental conundrum. I think for people, I know for me personally, sometimes to sort of deal with um, on both sides. Yeah. It's amazing how we individually ourselves, our minds, judge ourselves and our own performance and what people think of us in, in these micro minutes. In any given minute, depending on my mood, depending on what I just finished doing, depending on how I'm feeling about my performance in that moment, I will judge myself and I will, I will think about how probably how I believe the story I tell myself based on how I feel in this moment the story I tell myself is that everybody feels that way about me. So if I, if I, if I write a bad post, if I, you know, let's go back to my corporate world. If I do a report that is flat, if I make a recommendation for a, uh, making a, making an ovation at a, for a target for an acquisition, if I, you know, if, if I'm going through that and I feel like I'm, I'm coming up short in the micro, I feel like everybody's judging me forever in that, in the micro. And, and that creates this, 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 fear and, and angst. But in reality, nobody does that. Nobody does that. I don't judge anybody in the micro. Sure. I, you know, in the moment, I'm like, well, that was probably a, probably shouldn't have sent that email. Okay, fine. Move on. Now, if it's the 300th one, that, that is more than a moment, but we all judge ourselves in a micro and then we can generate fear around that. So if I sure. think yeah. if, if I, if I do that and let's go back to my M&A example, I make a, I make a pitch to one of the divisions on, hey, here I think is a great target. Here's the owner is. Here's what I think we get it for. Here's how it fits in synergistically. Here's the blah, blah, blah. I do my whole pitch. And they're like, this, dude, you totally missed the target. Well, in that moment, I'm going to I'm gonna judge myself. Uh, I'm going to wonder if, you know, just I'm going to judge myself through that lens. And, and nobody else is but me. And that generates fear over performance and all those things. And, uh, and I, think, I think that is... It's just human nature that that we do that. It's funny. I, I was doing this exercise the other day with um, uh, somebody on my team who was, you know, having a rough day, and you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to connect with that person, make them feel a little better, sort of lift some morale. And uh, and I said, and it was literally last week, and I said, hey man, six months ago, every every, every job, and no matter what you're doing, no matter what career you have, at any moment in time, there's there's something going on. There's a there's a fire, air quotes, right? There's there's a crisis. There's a there's a business problem that needs to be solved. There's some sort of you know emerging priority that's on your desk that has to be finished finished like right away, right? And so, and we all feel that. And to your point, the stress comes in. I got to get this done. Oh my goodness, how this happen? I, I got to solve this. And I said to him, Hey man, uh, what was the problem on your desk six months ago? Six months to this day, what, what was on your what was on your desk? What was the problem? He was like, I don't, I don't remember. Like, what do you mean? Six months ago, you were dealing with something, right? Like, what, what, what was that thing? I, I don't know, man. It was, I don't know. What was that December? I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. And I said, but if I asked you that question six months ago on that day, you would have told me nothing more than that. You just spent two hours talking about it. Here it is six months later. You don't even remember what it was. 
right? And at the, to your point, in the moment, in the micro, you're like, well, this is the biggest thing and this is the most important thing ever. And if I screwed this up, I'm never going to recover from this. This thing is going to end. If I don't solve this problem right away, I mean, there, there's, there's going to be hell to pay, right? And here we are six months later and you don't even recollect what it was, right? And so it's kind of my way of saying sort of stay in the moment, be in the moment, right? Um, kind of deal with things as they come to. But it's funny, as you mentioned that, as we all have that thing, right? Where you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be the career killer. This is going to be the one they remember me by. This is the mistake I'll never recover from. This is the problem I'll never be able to solve. And six months later, you don't remember what the hell you're even working on at that yeah. moment of time, right? It's just funny how the mind works that way. Yeah, I, I love, I don't love, but I find it interesting. The stories we tell ourselves, and we all do it. We all do it. We, you and I can see something independently. We can stand there and watch somebody else going through something. And somebody say, hey, put yourself in their shoes. And we'll tell ourselves radically different stories. But then we tell our story, ourselves stories about what we think other people think of us. And so let's go, let's use, use the same example. If it's, if it's a Tuesday afternoon and I'm home from work and I've, you know, I feel like I've really, I've been crushing it Monday, Tuesday, and I'm sitting at home and my email goes out on my, my work email goes out on my phone. I'm like, God dang it. The system must be down. Um, so I'm, I'm calling now to it. I'm like, Hey, can you, I've got a problem. Does everybody have this problem? Internet's down. I can't get, I can't log into the system. I don't even think twice about it. It just kind of happens. If it's a Sunday night and I've had kind of what I feel like, I know I didn't get these things done on Friday. I thought I'd have them done. I hope my boss isn't pissed. Uh, I'll get them done Monday. I'm not so worried about it. I just had a lot going on. And my email goes out on Sunday. I'm thinking, is this an IT issue or is this an HR issue? I wonder, am I, is, is HR trying to tell me something? Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's and so you, that it's the story you tell yourself. So in that moment, when you're wondering, is this an IT issue or an HR issue? The fact that I can't log into my work computer, uh, that's it, it just depends on whatever whatever shoulder you're listening to at the time is is you, your level of confidence and probably even um, your level of performance at at certain level, too, um, for for how you're feeling in the micro. And, and yet all those people are here listening to, to Norma 40, right? So how, how, do you, how do we come up with a title that packs all of that in in five words or less, right? Because if we're being honest in, in, any, in any, you know, creative titling, or, I mean, less is more, right? Like if you, if you need two sentences to describe the title of your thing, then you've got, you know, you've got one and a half sentences too much, right? So how do we take all of that, what we just said, and put it into a, a five word or less title that describes Norma 40? And in some respects, Lon, I think it's actually really awesome that we can't because that means that this is more than just a three word operation and in, in, in some respects right there's so much that goes into this so many feelings so many emotions so many different permutations that sort of take somebody to the precipice of joining this podcast and listening in and getting whatever it is they're seeking out of this right in some respects the fact that we can't do that in five words it's kind of cool man i actually think that's kind of cool it's, it's kind of indicative of a little bit about i think what we want to do yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know that we're any closer, to be honest. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. I mean, this has been a proper mm -hmm. ramble, but uh, mm -hmm. but I don't know that we're we're in. I like the Monday thing. I like uh, the word interrupted. Monday interrupted. You know, something I don't. But here, here's where here's what I want to know. Um, probably over our, our twenty six our 26 podcasts that we've done. And this one, maybe you'll be 27 if it hits the airwaves, who knows? Um, but 
you've made reference in multiple podcasts Uh-oh. to Mr. or Mrs. McGillicuddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just <laughs> refuse to believe that yeah. there isn't an actual McG- Mr. and or Mrs. McGillicuddy that you you wanna you wanna share with us. And I'm gonna ask you, tell tell us about the McGillicuddies, would you? So that's a that's a made up name. I mean, it's somebody's real name, I guess. Actually, I don't have a single McGillicuddy by name in my life. That is just the uh, what I always think is a funny word to describe going and talking to the boss or talking to somebody of some form of an elevated stature in your life. But I do not have anybody in my life with the actual name of McGillicuddy. But we all have a McGillicuddy, right? We all work for Mr. and Mrs. McGillicuddy. And and, and we all have that person to answer to. Uh, that's just kind of my so I, I get um when I, uh, when I used to, um, the last team I had, so the team I had before now, and I used to try to, you know, I, I always try to do analogies. I, I think that sometimes it's the best way to sort of explain something to a team. I'm always a firm believer. If you're going to talk to a team about something and there's something they're working on, explain the whys, you know, if you connect, well, here's why we're working on that. Sometimes it, it makes it better. Right. And so whenever I was explaining the whys and I'm trying to like talk about people, I call men Chet. So I'll just say Chet wants to report by Friday. It's just Chet. I like it. So it's Chet or, or Mr. M- or Mrs. McGillicuddy. I mean, those are just the words that I use. Those are just the names that I give people as I'm trying to describe them. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, in the spirit of another ramble. So here's some, I'm going to tie this together. Um, in our last podcast, the one that just aired, it wasn't the last one we just recorded, um, called The Friendship, where you um, – talk about your sister and you, you share about that. And then you, you issued a challenge. You issued a challenge at the end of that. Um, and you said, reach out to someone you haven't reached out to make the call, um, make the contact, send the text and do something. And I did that. And I reached out to, um, a friend of mine whom I haven't talked to. And probably, I certainly haven't had coffee with I'm, You know, we've seen him in passing at the grocery store or something, but I hadn't had one-on-one time with him in, in at least probably 15 years. I mean, a long time. And this is a guy who actually was in our wedding. He's, he's a lot older than my wife and I, but he was somebody who's a, a friend and a mentor and had been for, for a long time. And I literally hadn't talked to him in like 15 years. So I took your advice and, and uh, I met with him. And we worked together way back when I was in my 20s and late 20s and early 30s. And it was, I, I don't know if your professional career went like this, but man, I was, I was very unafraid of consequence when I was in my twenties and thirties. And so I loved to, to play practical jokes and pranks and do things that, you know, today I would never do. I, I, I appreciate when other people do them, um, but I would never do them today. And so one of the things we did, and now keep in mind, this goes back to the the early 2000s dating ourselves, but Hey, if you're part of normal 40, we all know each other's age here. And, um, and we had, this was before shared calendars and all these things. And so I went and I, uh, the way we would share events. So there was a group of about 30 of us and we were working for a fairly prestigious organization at the time. And, um, the way we would share what we were doing is we had a shared word document on a shared file and everybody knew how to get into that one document. You'd go in and you'd fill Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you'd go out about three months filling in what your travel is going to be, what you're going to do. Okay. So I went in and my friend, Mark, uh, who the one I had coffee with, I went out about two months and I put under Mark's name, I put vasectomy 
And then I hit save and I left. And so fast forward, I forgot all about it. And fast forward uh, two months, uh, Mark comes into my office and he goes, did you do this? And he throw, and I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he throws the, the schedule down and I saw a second. And I just started laughing, laughing hysterically because what happened is somebody else on our staff, a female saw it and she said, Hey, Mark, uh, I want you to know that when the doctor says you should take two or three days off, you should, because when my husband went through that, he swelled up like grapefruits and Mark's response in email was, huh? He had no idea what she was talking about. And then she said, ah, you might want to go check the schedule and then go talk to Lon. But anyway, that was, so this is a long way of me getting totally off topic into one. Thanks for challenging me to go talk to this guy. Cause we laughed and laughed and laughed about, um, the things that we we did back in those days and how much fun it was. And I didn't have Monday, Sunday scaries and Monday scaries then. Um, so I want to say thank you. And then two, I want to know if you've got any of the, any shenanigans uh, from your days in your twenties and thirties that you'd, you'd play practical jokes on with your friends. Uh, I'm glad you didn't throw it to me to, to opine on vasectomy because I was afraid you're coming there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to how am I going to find ca- content out of this? Yeah, I mean, we all played practical jokes on each other back um, back in my time there um, as there's a large lawnmower on my back window here now. Um, we all played practical jokes on each other. I think the one um, the one that comes to mind. So we um, you know, this was early in the days of, of computers and 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 windows and, and somebody on my, on my team figured out how to. Um, essentially um, takes uh, take over somebody's mouse. So there's a program you can install on somebody's computer that allowed you to control their mouse from your computer. And so, you know, we we went to this uh, guy in our team, very serious, very hardworking guy, um, and and we took control of his mouse. And so he's at his computer typing away, and all of a sudden we move all the icons and move everything. And he was so frustrated. He was banging the mouse against the table, was throwing his hands in the air, um, and all day long, one of one of us just went to the other computer and just moved his mouse. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the day that we finally told him, by the way, like that was us. We have control of your mouse um and and he was uh he was he was pretty upset about that so it's probably the most elaborate one uh that we've we've played on on somebody um i had a buddy of mine too in my old one of my old works that would he would um he would replicate like a fake email so you know when they you forward an email like it has the other emails below so he would type out like a fake email like you and then forward it to somebody and the fake email was hey boss you know i'm so sorry adam screw up the project and blah 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 blah. and he would forward it to you and just say hey fyi sorry about this and people would call him and get so mad because the emails would basically be you know him throwing them under the bus uh but obviously it was a fake email so that's probably the the most shenanigans um i i, I probably ever got into to you know outside of you know funny nicknames or something like that those are the good old days man they were we need to implement more more office shenanigan of course i'm i'm a i'm an army of one here so i guess yes uh the joke would the be last me, but... the last office shenanigan i can recall and it wasn't even really i don't know if it's a shenanigan but so this was early during the pandemic uh, and a lot of organizations obviously sent all their their staff home and they were working remotely. And, you know, pretty early on, some some companies recognized, you know, the uncomfortability of having remote workers. Right. And so there was always those, hey, they're they're monitoring how much you're on your computer. They're checking the network. You know, they're seeing if you're you know, they make you install teams. So if you're green or you're red, they know if you're you're yellow, you're not there. And so I had a, a buddy of mine in my last company whose name I'll, I'll keep out of this. 
he actually rigged an apparatus. It was like a remote control car. It was a bunch of stuff that would move his mouse like every three or four minutes. So it looked like that he was on, on his computer and he would go get lunch or, you know, go out front, talk to the neighbors. And this contraption just kept moving his mouse so that everybody would see mouse movement. They'd see his icon was green on teams. And he sent us this picture of this. I mean, it, it probably took him two weeks, Londa. He, he could have done a lot of work in the two weeks it took him to build this contraption. But that was probably the 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 most recent shenanigans. And I don't know if that's really true shenanigans or just ingenuity, but, and he, he, he figured out a way to defeat the system during that early pandemic day. Well, in the spirit of keeping this totally off topic uh, and keeping it central to our age group, it reminds me of an episode of the Simpsons where Homer wants to get on jury duty for the free hotel and lunch. <laughs> But, the jury, but it was a really lame case. So he took his glasses and he drew eye, eyes open on his glasses, but he was really sleeping. And then, of course, the opposing counsel discovers this and rips off his glasses. And underneath those glasses is another set of glasses with his <laughs> eyes open. <laughs> so, you know, you, there's, there's all same sorts of ways. Yeah, it's in the same vein. I, you know, here's what I like. I like that we this conversation has devolved to humor to homer simpson humor i mean you could learn a lot from homer i guess there's <laughs> you can learn from 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 anything i actually had the situation the other day lon that has nothing to do um, i'll i'll switch topics on you too because i thought this was really fascinating so um at, at my current um uh, uh place of work um we have we have an individual who is leaving the team um, was moving on to something different. And um, there are times that, as in any company, right? Like you, you, sometimes you butt heads with people. You don't always see eye to eye. You have some healthy conflict. And, and this, this, this person was one that was, was known to have a lot of healthy conflict, right? He, we, we, a lot of folks had healthy conflict. It never got to a personal point. It never got to a point where there was any bad feelings. But this was always the person that you're like, oh, I got to call and tell him this one. This is going to be fun. You just always knew it was going to be healthy conflict. And, and so it was, it was this person's last day and, uh, and, and, you know, we're on a conference call at the very end of the day and everyone's kind of saying their goodbyes and, and somebody in the, else on the team who I know had had a lot of conflict. I mean, this is probably the person, these two went back and forth a ton. And there were some times where they didn't talk for a couple of weeks, right? It was one of those situations where, you know, you're professional about it, but you're like, I'm done with this guy. Right. And so, you know, we're all kind of going around saying our goodbyes and it gets to this guy and he says this really passionate goodbye speech. And a few of us are taken back, like, what? Like, this doesn't seem right. Like, I know these two didn't really get along. This this speech is great. So I called them afterwards and I said, hey, man, like, you almost had me in tears with that with that going away speech. Like, where'd you pull that out of? And he said, hey, you know what, man? He said, I I certainly had my, my share of, of challenges with this other person. And certainly we didn't see eye to eye. And I don't know that we're going to stay in touch after he leaves the organization. But I wanted to thank him because he made me better. He made me better. He made me think differently. He challenged me in different ways. And even though I didn't like it and we fought over it and, and I'm not going to stand in touch with him, I want to thank him because he made me better. Um, and I thought that was such an interesting statement to make, Lana, around someone that you know we often think about having hurt feelings and conflict, but the growth that comes from from conflict. So you're probably saying, Adam, how the hell did you get there from Homer Simpson? I got there because I think in any situation, Lon, 
funny, irreverent, negative. There's always something to be learned. And I don't know that Homer Simpson has the best teaching methods. There's probably something to be learned. Just like my friend learned something from somebody that he probably won't ever have a relationship with and maybe doesn't have the right level of respect for going forward. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I, I actually have a personal experience the same way. There again, back when I was young, I was in my 20s and all ego, all arrogance, me. Um, and, uh, you know, looking back, it, I, it, I was the problem in this relationship. But the, the other person was a year or two older than me, just a couple steps ahead of me, on the, you know, and, uh, and we butted heads. And we were both, you know, if I'm being honest, we were both good at what we did. And, um, and but she was my boss. And we, we totally butted heads. And um, the time came, it was, a, it was politics. So it, it like happens. You work together, you put in long hours, then there's an election and then it's over. Um, That's just win, lose or draw that a campaign ends. And, um, and that was, that's what happened. Of course, the the campaign was over and it ended and very similar thing. Everybody was wondering what are, what are the two of us going to kind of say at the last hurrah at this informal event. And we both unexpectedly poured out just this high praise for one another. Um, because when, when shit got really tough, really hard, and the hours got really long, and the outcome was very unclear, and everybody was in chaos and feeling unsafe, she and I worked together. I mean, we just, we got it. We knew that we, something about us, because of this conflict we had, we had, we had, it, it like every time we had a conflict, we added a, a small strand of strength around, around, you know, between our respect for one another. And when push came to shove in the final hours of that uh, um, event, it was she and I. And by the time it got done, we realized I could, I, I couldn't have done what I did without her. And she realized she couldn't have done what she did without me. And together, a whole bunch of people couldn't have done what they got to do without us. And so it, it really is, um, it's, a, it's a gift if you can have that awkward conversation and do it in a way that doesn't lead to so much disruption that it's, it, it makes it impossible to work, where you just can't, where you listen to just respond and punch back, but actually listen maybe to respond, but in a way that's not, not going to nuke the conversation, but actually propels it forward. And, uh, and I haven't had a lot of those. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. I think in most, in that is probably one of my more pronounced. I think we have those at different points and at different strengths um, or levels of intensity, probably better said through our professional career, but they really do. If you let them, they really do make you stronger. There's opportunity to learn everywhere, Lon. I, I uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're a big sports fan, but um, the Philadelphia Eagles lost the most recent Super Bowl, and their quarterback Jalen Hurts was asked after the game, you know, what do you think about this loss and you know taking a loss and on those lines, and he said, "There's no loss here. You either win or you learn." And I think in every situation, there's opportunity for us to win and or to learn. And if you're listening to us, um, here's here's what I need you to do. Look up at the top of your podcast player, whatever you're listening, and see if we've changed the name of this podcast yet. If we have, give it a look over. Tell us what you think. If we haven't, that means we're stuck, and we may need your help. 
So if you're listening to this and the, and the name has not yet changed and you think you have maybe a suggestion, maybe something that resonates with you, maybe something that's personal to you that you think uh, we could we should consider. Uh, again, find us uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find Lon all over LinkedIn. You can find me all over LinkedIn. Uh, send us a DM. Send us a note. Give, give us your suggest a suggestion on what it is that we should name this pod. It's not going to be normal 40, the Homer Simpson Chronicles. I can tell you that. But, but... No. We're open to your suggestions, your feedback. So find us, let us know what you think.